At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Friday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all brought to you by... Bet MGM Nevada. Did I get through all of them? I think I did. Skill Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Good morning to you, Jeffrey. The NBA playoffs. Bananas. Absolutely insane. How great has this been? Just tremendous. I'm filling words before Jeff. No, I, I, I had to make sure that I didn't have my mic downstairs so <laughs> okay. I didn't blow uh, the it's... eardrums out of our great tech crew, Gil. But I what thought, a, I thought uh... Jeff had a medical incident right there for a second. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, I, Absolutely horrendous. But, uh, but Gil, just I'm pretty sure Minnesota's blown another 20-point lead as we're on the air here. The, that sure? I mean, all right. Well, first of all, Paul Carr, Premier League picks. He's won, like, I believe he's eight straight now. Go for his ninth straight b- bunch of picks. Ninth straight winning bunch of picks on the show. Coming up, Chris Felica to talk NFL draft with us. Uh, Mo Dackel from, uh, from The Athletic, also founder of JumpBall.net to talk NBA playoffs. And Vinny Maliulo, where there is a, I don't know, what do you say? Like a oh, plus four hundred for Vinny and I to get in an old fashioned Donnybrook back here? A little a little fisticuffs. Sounds back about here? right. Okay, well, it's that kind of thing. Uh, but yes, we must start with the NBA playoffs. By the way, I'm also thinking about adding an NFL draft prop. We'll get to that. Uh, but last night, and we'll get to tonight's games as well. But but I'm glad you start with that. That was the first game last night. We were on primetime action. Have you heard that I do that with Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin? Grizzlies win at one hundred four to ninety five. But if you look at that final score. This was two games. I mean, this was, I've never seen a game where I can give you like eight different, eight different runs 
right, where I can try to reflect the absurdity of this basketball game. I'll try to momentarily. But the Grizzlies basically had to come back from two epic deficits in one night. And the T-Wolves were just all too happy to let them do it, apparently. What a ball game. Grizzlies 104-95. They take a 2-1 to lead in their best-of-seven first-round series uh, in the Western Conference. 47-21, to down 26 were the Grizzlies. Then they were down another 25 late in the third quarter. Teams up 25-plus in playoff games historically were 380-8. Th- and, and the Grizzlies overcame two of them in one game. They're down 26, 47 to 21. Then they were, they were down 51 to 29. And the Grizzlies went on a 15 to nothing run to end the first half. And they went to the locker room down 51 to 44. You're like, wow, when did, how did that happen so quickly? Like, the T-Wolves were dominating. You look up, all of a sudden the Grizzlies back in the game. But then the, the second half starts. And the T-Wolves sort of righted the ship again, as we said, got back up to a 25-point lead. There's so many runs. There's a 15 to nothing run to end the first half. The Grizzlies used a 23-4 to run over the final 10 minutes and 28 seconds of the second quarter. Then in the second half, down 83-62, to they go on a 21 to nothing run to tie it. Oh, my goodness. With 3-10 to go in the third, the score was 79-54. to Again, I'm just trying to contextualize this in 100 different ways. With 3-10 to go in the third quarter, the score was 79-54. to Memphis outscored Minnesota 50-16 to over the final 15 minutes and 10 seconds of the ballgame. Absolutely unbelievable. Grizzlies outscored the T-Wolves. You want another way to, to contextualize it? Sure. Grizzlies outscored the T-Wolves 42-12 to the final 13 minutes. At one point, they were 35-1 to at Will Hill. Down... 20-plus in the third quarter. By the way, the fourth quarter itself, 37-12 to 12 Grizzlies. Ja with the triple-double, 16-10-10. and 10. Again, s- sort of a sleepy triple-double. Desmond Bain was the man, 26.7 for 15 from behind the arc. Brandon Clark scoring 16 of his 20 in the second half for Memphis. And on the Minnesota side, Carl Anthony Towns with his, sec- his second clunker in as many weeks. You remember the first play-in game. He also did this as well. Towns... Eight points, five rebounds, five fouls, four shots. Four shots, Jeff. Oh, man. Uh, Towns picked up his fifth foul with 9.24 left, spent much of the fourth quarter on the bench. And by the way, after the game, and Barkley killed him for this. He's like, yeah, you know, just have a glass of wine. Someone asked him, what are you going to do? You know, what do you you think you, how how do you assess this? Well, just have a glass of wine kind of thing. I guess, listen, on the one hand, Towns has had so much tragedy in his life. I get it. There's some perspective. But, man, that's not what you want to hear if you're a T-Wolves fan after a game. Uh, the NBA's highest-scoring team, the, the uh, Timberwolves, made only 30 field goals, if you recall, in Game 2 to match a season low. They only had 33 last night. They went 8-34 of game time between the second and third quarters without a field goal until Russell made a three. Anyway, I've given you, like, five different sort of spurts, wherever, whatever your starting point, whatever you want to make your starting point. This was unbelievable. Game four is back in Minnesota on Saturday night, the proverbial must-win situation for the T-Wolves. And I just ask, we, we asked this out loud yesterday, because watching this, and we're doing a show while this is going on, it was almost impossible to believe, because we were distracted, and, and the Grizzlies just came back from oblivion twice, and the only question you can ask at the end of this is, and it's the most non-quantifiable of all of them, can a team like the T-Wolves come back 
from a loss like that? I don't think so. I really don't. Also, Gil, just to contextualize further how ridiculous this was, I went to go pick up dinner last night. The T-Wolves were up 23 when I got in the car. (laughs) By the time I got to the place where I was picking up my dinner from, it was down to three. It was nine and a half minutes real time later. That's how quickly that thing (sighs) flipped. That 21 to nothing run where they were down 21 and they got it and they tied it. The T-Wolves didn't call a single timeout. Now we're, I mean, you got to call a timeout at some point, right? Like it just like, okay, everybody calm down for a second. We're getting blown off. Let's keep our lead here. Everybody calm down. Let's have some smart possessions. Whatever you say, not a single timeout called. Oh my goodness. Game four again, Saturday night in Minneapolis. I, I think the answer to the question, I don't think they can, but nothing about this series makes any sense. After game one, I thought the T-Wolves catching, what was it, seven in game two? I was like, that's way too many points. Got blown out. And then last night, the T-Wolves, like I said, the T-Wolves won that game twice. They blew them out twice. Except that they didn't, and they lose, and they're down two to one as Grizzlies take back home court. My goodness, I mean, it's, it's still on serve, right? But, man, that's a tough one to come back from. And then there's Dallas at Utah, where the Dallas Mavericks take a 2-1 to lead in that best-of-seven first-round series without Luka Doncic. And this is what we were saying yesterday on the show. There is no point for the Mavericks to, for, to, to rush Luka into Game 3. No point whatsoever. Even if the Jazz win that, you're still on serve. Well, you're not on service. The Jazz would have rested home court at that point still. But you still can tie it up with a 2-2, two to two, you know, if he shows up for Game 4, coming back from the, from the strained calf. But what about the possibility of the Mavericks winning? Now, and they did, 126-118 to 118, as plus 320 money line dogs, now there's no incentive. You should not even consider bringing Luka back for Game 4. Let it rest. Let him rest the calf. Jalen Brunson, 31. That after having 41 in Game 2 and 24 in Game 1, 32 points per game in this series for Jalen Brunson, who has been unbelievable. Dinwiddie had 10 of his 20 in the fourth. Mavericks had 10 steals. Jazz had 14 total turnovers. Dallas Reserves outscored the Utah bench 49-24. Utah got it to 103-102 with 642 left. Mike Conley was taken over at that point. But then Dallas went on a 10-2 run. Dinwiddie had four. Brunson had six. And it was pretty much never looking back from there. Spider Mitchell did score 28 of his 32 in the second half in defeat. But the whole thing with this one, first of all, two things, Jeff. One, no incentive to bring Luka back for game four, right? Why would you up two to one? No incentive. And then there's the Jason Kidd is out coaching Quinn Snyder part of this. And you texted me at one point. You you texted me. I don't know if you remember. You're like, why is Gobert back in the game? So Rudy Gobert, who is a really unique kind of basketball player, but in this matchup, as they keep saying on Inside the NBA, he can't cover anybody if he's just going to be, if he's just a goalie. You, you have no purpose out there if you're just doing that. And Jason Kidd, every time, every time that he's in the game, he just spreads it out. Everybody spreads out, shoot threes. And sometimes they're picking on Spider Mitchell, too. It's like, okay, whoever's got Spider Mitchell, we'll, we'll, we'll go after him. But, like, just keep Gobert out of the game because... They're checkmating you every time with this. And Snyder insists on bringing him back in the game. Makes no sense. It was illogical last night because Eric Pascal gave them some really good minutes as a smaller five because Pascal's able to move. Like, he's a perimeter-based player to begin with anyway. 
But Gil, the point that you made in the middle there is the most fascinating here because Jason Kidd has gotten destroyed as a head coach destroyed. through his career. Yes. And deservedly so in Brooklyn and in Milwaukee. And and it was laughed at when the Lakers were rumored to possibly make him a head coach there uh, when they had enough of Vogel after last season. Uh, this hire was pretty well lambasted when it was made by Dallas. And Jason Kidd, through three games, has been great with his game plan without Luka against a team that, let's face it, if Utah loses this series, Gil, oh. it is lights out, Bl- see you later. Blow it up. It's all over. Everyone's gone. It, it, everyone but maybe either Gobert or, or Mitchell, depending on which one you want to keep, everyone else should be gone. It should be all over and starting fresh for Utah if they blow this one. They'll keep Mitchell. Yeah, th- th- that is the – because remember, people were down on the Bulls before the playoffs. Oh, they got no shot against the Bucks. By the way, Bulls-Bucks part of a triple header tonight. Really, tonight is the triple header of do you believe in teams? Do you believe that the Hawks have a shot? Do you believe the Bulls have a shot? Do you believe the Pelicans do in their respective series? We'll get into that here momentarily. But the Jazz, every bit of a just absolutely disappointing basketball team heading into the postseason as expected – and now, without facing Luka, they're st- they still can't. They, they give home court back to the Mavericks, and they have no answers for Jalen Brunson, who has just, who it can pick up, who just absolutely keeps his dribble in, in absolute, cl- you know, clutter in the middle of the court, and just as, as fast as could be. Unbelievable. 32 points per game for Jalen Brunson in this series. He could not be stopped last night. We'll talk about the Warriors and the Nuggets. Our thoughts on the games. And I did end up taking the Warriors pre-flop last night. Most beautiful thing in sports. We'll get to that. And the NFL Draft. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. And start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Triple header tonight in the NBA, uh, as mentioned. And then tomorrow, quadruple header. The triple header tonight, by the way, again. Uh, is Heat Hawks, Bucks, Bulls, Suns, Pelicans. We'll get into that momentarily. And then uh, tomorrow, game four of the Sixers, Raptors, Raptors, uh, Sixers rather, try to close out the Raptors in a sweep. Mavs, Jazz, game four tomorrow. Celtics, Nets, game three, the interminably long Celtics, Nets series. They milk every rest day out of that. Game three tomorrow as the Nets try to stave off the three to nothing deficit there. And then the Grizzlies, Timberwolves come back for game four. Uh, as well tomorrow. Celtics Nets, this whole Ben Simmons thing, I, I, I stand by my position, and Kelly and, and Matt disagree with me on primetime. They're they're all about, well, you got to try it. You got to bring in Ben Simmons. It's, it can only help the defense. And my whole thing is, first of all, this is for game four we're talking. Ben Simmons not coming back for game three, but expected to appear in game four. First of all, if the Nets are down three to nothing, what are we doing? Well, what's the point of that? Again, 0-143, teams down 3-0 in NBA playoff series historically. Even if they go down 2-1, to what is Ben Simmons doing for you at that point? 
You can't just show up in a game and expect that he's going to have this lockdown defense. Jason Tatum is going to toast him. Reeks of desperation. What about the Warriors last night, though? The most beautiful thing in sports. Warriors take a 3 to nothing lead over the Nuggets. They do so in, well, pretty, pretty dramatic fashion. It was the one time that the Nuggets have tested them d- during this series. Warriors win it 118-113. to 113. They cover what ended up being a two-and-a-half-point spread in this ballgame. And the Warriors, well on their way now, up three to nothing over the Murray and Porter Jr.-less Denver Nuggets. Jordan Poole with 27, Clay with 26, Steph with 27 off the bench. By the way, Poole 9 of 13 from the field, 3 of 5 from behind the arc. Clay 10 of 18 from the field, 6 of 13 from behind the arc. And Steph 9 of 17 from the field, 3 of 9 from behind the arc. Absolutely unstoppable. The most beautiful thing in sports. Golden State, 18 of 40. 18 of 40 that from behind the arc. 45% from behind the arc. If you had access to box scores, we always say this in football, all you need to know is the turnover differential. In basketball, all you need to know is the three-point percentage. That's all you need to know. 18 of 40, 45% from behind the arc, winner. 55.4% from the field, the Warriors. Denver uh, has allowed Golden State to go on second quarter runs now in this series of 16 to nothing in game one, 15 to two in game two, and 15 to four in game three. Jokic 37 and 18 in defeat. But the key, the, the key sequence of this game, with all the stuff about Poole, Clay, and Steph, might have been about Allen Wiggins. Just uh, uh, Allen Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. Allen Wiggins, I think, used to play baseball for the Padres years ago. Denver ahead 111-109 with 320 left. The Warriors turned away Denver on six straight possessions while pulling away. The defensive side of the ball gets it done for the Warriors. So Wiggins hits a three to put the Warriors up 112-111 with 305 left. Then after a Jokic miss, which was the first of those six straight possessions that they got blanked on Denver, after a Jokic miss, Curry misses a three, and then Wiggins slashes across the key out-hustles three Nuggets, feeds Poole, who passes up the wide-open three because no one's between him and the bucket, and he ends up making an acrobatic reverse layup, which me describing it doesn't do it justice. There's not an accurate description out there of just how absurd. I texted you, how did he throw that in? How did he throw that in? It it even confused Harlan, where Harlan's call was a little bit odd because of how weird that play looked. It was sort of an optical illusion when you're watching it live. It looked like he had top-spinned it by hitting the bottom of the rim and it somehow going in. Never did that. No, it barely even touched the net. Yeah. (laughs) It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Jordan Poole just continues to wow in these playoffs. And Draymond Green, who, again, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, that's a Hall of Famer. Draymond Green is going to be the Hall of Famer where generations from now, they look back at his stats, and they're going to be perplexed. They're just going to be like, wait, how? what? Draymond Green... Uh, who played the final four minutes with five fouls, came up big, poked the ball away from Jokic with 40 seconds left. And that, at that point, was Katie Barr the door. Again, you're down 3 nothing in the NBA in, in best of sevens. You're 0-143 all time. So Raptors and Nuggets got no shot. And the Warriors, well on their way to go into the conference semifinals. I, like I said, I had the Warriors at plus 550 from early in the season. It's finally gotten value based on the market now. Again, it's a lesson in... There, there's no hero points for getting getting futures plays early in a season, but they're about four to one at best now, at best to win the title. And if they play like that, I guess the question is this, because you don't want to be prisoner of the moment. But if Jordan Poole, Stephen Clay can do this 
on a night-in, night-out basis. Well, let's just start with the next series. Can the Grizzlies or T-Wolves beat this team? Well, if the T-Wolves are blowing multiple 20-point leads to Memphis, they're not beating Golden State. Let's try and, the Grizzlies part. And for Memphis, I don't think they're ready, Gil. Yeah. I don't think they're there yet. So I would expect Golden State to advance through. And then you look at the top of the bracket with the way that we don't know when Devin Booker's coming out. back. It, Dallas would be the one that I would be intrigued to see that series, assuming Luka is back. I would be intrigued to see how that plays out. I'd expect Golden State to win. And then, of course, Phoenix, we don't know because of Booker. If Booker's not there, then Golden State would probably be favored in that series. I'm worried about Luka coming back, by the way. Because I just you just worry about someone with that injury coming back too soon. Just all it takes is one bad step. I'm not wishing it on him. I'm just saying. I'm worried about that. <laughs> Felica's killing me because I said Alan Wiggins. He's like Padres and Orioles. Great Alan Wiggins. By the way, most famous uh, career play of Alan Wiggins is he uh, he was playing for the Padres at the time. He was on first base and they uh, threw a pickoff play, a lazy pickoff play to first base, and the first baseman deked deked him like acted like he was throwing it back to the pitcher. Didn't Alan Wiggins stepped off the base and he just tags him. Alan Wiggins, ladies and gentlemen. Um, all right, tonight. Last Yesterday morning when we talked about last night's game, we were like, I don't like anything preflop. But in the end, I ended up playing the Warriors. That was my only preflop, preflop play last night. Tonight, again, it's the do you believe in these teams either both tonight or for the series? So Heat Hawks, Hawks down two to nothing. You can get the Hawks at nine to one to win this series. Are you interested in that at all? Absolutely not. Absolutely. No not. way. Okay. No way. Nine to one, Jeff. No. Tempted. No, not at all. How about in this game? Heat favored by one. No play. Atlanta's been awesome at home recently. And again, if Atlanta's going to get a game in this series, normally it would be game three. So it's a stay away from me. Bucks Bulls, which follows that. That's the, uh, that one's on ABC tonight. Again, Friday night. So none of that NBA TV nonsense tonight. Bucks Bulls. This series not up at one apiece. The Bulls could very well be up two to nothing. And Chris Middleton is gone for the rest of this series. And now we're hearing from Woj he's going to get reevaluated in two weeks. Not necessarily coming back in two weeks, reevaluated in two weeks. Bulls are two and a half point dogs here. Do you like anything here? Do you like the Bulls? Can I can I interest you in a Bulls adjusted price for the series? I actually kind of like Milwaukee tonight. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I know that's going against the grain, but this just feels like we haven't had the, the Giannis explosion yet in this series, Gil. Yeah, it's about time for him to and explode. And it's coming at some point. And where Milwaukee had, a, had multiple chances to come back, tie that game late, didn't happen. Middleton's out. The, the deck seems to be stacked against him at the moment. But I, I, I would only play the Bucks here in this one. Gil. These are all super interesting games tonight because I could see the – I would not be surprised at all. Like, if I, to, if I came back to you tomorrow and said, hey – uh, First of all, it's Saturday. What, do you, what am I seeing you for? And then I said, oh, but just to, while I'm here, um, the Hawks, the Bulls, and the Pelicans all won last night. Would you be ridiculously shocked by no, that? No, not at all. I wouldn't either. No, not at all. I actually like New Orleans to win tonight. That so. was the next one. New Orleans trying to go up 2-1 to one in their series over the number one seeded Suns, who will not have Devin Booker for the rest of this series, will not have Devin Booker for much of the next series, if Phoenix is lucky enough to advance. They got their work cut out for it. You, you like the Pelicans tonight? You playing that? Will we have a bet on this, Jeffrey? I probably will. I'm just not a huge fan of it only being a one or a one-and-a-half point line, Gil. Yeah. I don't know. That's super interesting tonight because you could have a situation. You could have a situation 
where the Pelicans take a series lead, the Bulls take a series lead, and the Hawks get off the schneid anyway. Pelicans, not your normal eight seed, despite the really ugly-looking record. This team is really talented, Bill. I, I, they are, and they're not doing it with any Zion help either. Imagine what they could be next year if you can add Zion to the mix, assuming they don't kill each other, front office and Zion. And then, I mean, I just, I absolutely think the Bulls are the team that we completely wrote off. And now the Middleton injury, again, the Bucks and the Suns got all the injury luck in the postseason last year. All of it. And now with Booker and Middleton, this threatens to, t- to just completely turn. I don't know about turn, but like at least torpedo what your expectations might have been about this NBA postseason. NBA playoffs, I said it before, this could be the best first round in the history of the NBA. I think it is. Because usually it's blowout city and we have to wait interminable seven-game series. But this has been fabulous. We'll come back. More thoughts on Saturday's game and the NFL draft next. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN is all in for the draft next week in Las Vegas, six days away. But before that, we got a special draft preview show this Sunday, just a couple days away at 6 p.m. Tim Murray and Sean King. They'll break down all the first round prospects and props. Expert guests include legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, and former NFL lineman and TV host Mike Golick and his son, Mike Golick Jr. Beeson's draft preview special this Sunday, 6 p.m., exclusively on Beeson. And don't forget to download while you're at it. Our NFL draft betting guide featuring best bets, mock drafts, and everything you need to score big this draft season. Download it today for just $10. Go to Beeson.com slash draft for more information. On Primetime last night, we were just talking about how we could talk about the draft for three hours just hypotheticals and not get bored with it. I have nine bets that I've already made. Uh, we'll flash those up on the screen once again, and we'll do them in the the actual chronological order in which I've made them, as we've shown them, uh, as I've made them day by day. First cornerback drafted, Derek Stingley, plus 280. I still hold out some hope that he'll go number three to Houston. Really do. Uh, plus 280. That's a took a flyer on Derek Stingley as the first cornerback drafted. Obviously, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the big favorite to be drafted first of the cornerbacks. Quarterbacks. Now, quarterbacks drafted in the first round. I have over three QBs, over three at minus 115. Got that at station some time ago. Push at worst is what I'm thinking there. This is one of my favorite ones that I got back there. Wide receivers drafted in the first round, over six at plus 140. That number is long gone. Long gone, but wide receivers drafted in the first round over six. Again, the North star on all of these. I mentioned it once a day on the lead up to the draft. It's the Daniel Jeremiah comment about, listen, look at all these salaries these wide receivers are, are making. Middling wide receivers. The Christian Kirks and the Zay Joneses of the world making $10 million a year now. What about Debo demanding a trade now? What about the monster contracts of Tyreek Hill and, of course, Devontae Adams? Deserved. But just what about him? If you're an NFL team... Get wide receivers under rookie deals where you can control them. That was why I made that bet. Wide receivers drafted in the first round over 6 plus 140. Total number of safeties uh, in the first round. I expect to lose this, but we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I could win this. Under 1.5. I love the price at plus 188. Uh, That one's at Boyd, so that one's not as big of a bet. They don't let you bet as much there. But plus 188 on under 1.5. Kyle Hamilton is dropping massively in this first round. That 4-7 plus 40 that he ran at the Combine did him no favors. And remember, that might have been a good time in terms of what the stopwatch said at the time. Remember how they had to curve it back for a lot of these. And then, and then the other ones are the more recent ones that I've made. 
uh, here on page two. Since then, again, five more bets that are already made. And again, I'll just say this. Every dollar allocated to the NFL draft, even when saying that this might be the toughest NFL draft of all of them, is still, to me, the best betting dollar you could have at this point. The best pending bets you can have. Draft position, Derek Stingley, under 11.5. Draft position, Ahmad Gardner, under 7.5. I think both cornerbacks will go early. On Iki Aquanu, the over 3.5 minus 130, the reason I made that bet is because that's essentially a a one-position draft because Iki Aquanu is not going first and he's not going second. So essentially, the bet is that he doesn't go third. And I was willing to lay minus 130 on that. He doesn't go third, I win that. Draft position for George Karloft is over 18.5 at minus 170. Now, Daniel Jeremiah was on a conference call yesterday, and just to let you know how nebulous this draft is, he said about Karloftis, he's like, look, there are some teams that have Karloftis as a top 15 player in this draft. And then he says there's a bunch of teams that don't even have him as a top two rounds player. So imagine the, the, dis, you know, the disparate opinion on that, on George Karloftis. Draft position on Garrett Wilson, under 10.5, by the way, that should read minus 165. We'll change that. But draft position on Garrett Wilson, under 10.5, minus, uh, under 10 and a half, minus 165. That was the last one I made as well. That's the one I was talking about with Crack yesterday, which took about 30 minutes to make because wasn't talking to their, uh, yeah, William Hill wasn't talking to their computers, even though it was in the system, and they were very helpful in getting me to, uh, allowing me to make that bet on the kiosk, so we had to maneuver around it. So if you're patient and something's not working, they'll figure it out. Now, here's what I'm thinking about betting today. And the more, the more I talk about the draft, the problem is the draft is still six days away, Jeff. And in the end, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to have a lot of draft bets. This will be my 10th. And I'll actually talk about this before I make it, which is Kayvon Thibodeau under four and a half minus 150. I'm starting to think. Remember, there was a, at one time he was going to be the number one pick in the draft. I'm starting to think if you're the Texans at three or the Jets at four, first of all, let's talk about your Jets. Here's going to be my question for Felica, by the way. What do you think you do know? That's the only question I want to ask about draft experts at this point. What do you think you do know at this point? Like, what do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt? By position, by player draft position? Because so much is is up in the air this year. But Kayvon Thibodeau, if, if... If the Jets have him in front of them at four, or if the Texans have him in front of them at three, they really going to pass on him? Or let me go even further back. If if the Jaguars don't take Aiden Hutchinson at one, and they take Trayvon Walker, you would imagine that the Lions will take Aiden Hutchinson at two. But if they do, if the Jaguars do take Aiden Hutchinson at one, you don't think the Lions would consider taking Kayvon Thibodeau either? I mean, I think he'd be in play for all two, three, and four. He's a tough guy to pass up. What about your Jets? I think that's the pick at four. Not That's not what I thought a week ago, but the momentum seems to be going that way, that Thibodeau will be the pick at four, and then the wide receiver will be picked at number 10, more than likely, assuming that Gardner and Stingley don't get the 10. If either of those guys get the 10, then the interesting thing will be, will they take the wide receiver or will they take a corner? But I think if Thibodeau is there at four, the Jets are taking Kayvon Thibodeau at number four. 
I, to, to me, like the Jets, like Drew said, Drew Densick said earlier this week, he's like, if you can un, if you can unlock what the Jets are going to do at four, go a long way to helping you with your draft bets. I would say this about Houston at three. Houston at three to me again. Why they would use that pick, I have no idea. They have needs everywhere. Everywhere. They have needs everywhere. They're, they're Apparently, they're prepared to go with Davis Mills. That's the one thing that apparently they don't feel they need. They're going to tank with Davis Mills this year. But if you're, if you're the Texans at three and you need all those positions, wouldn't you trade it? But then if you decided you weren't going to trade it, which I can't understand why you wouldn't, are you really going to draft an offensive lineman at three? What does that do for you and your fan base? Sure, we'll just we'll protect Davis Mills for a year. It's awesome. No. Take Derek Stingley. Take Kayvon Thibodeau. Take somebody that could, that could charge up the, the fan base in some way if you're going to use that pick. You think if it's Sauce Gardner versus Kayvon Thibodeau that, that the Jets would actually go to Kayvon at this point? I do. I think that's, that's going to be the play. Just the way that, that Salah's defense wants to operate – they already have Carl Lawson, who, of course, ruptured his Achilles in training camp, or even before training camp last year, didn't play. You expect to get him back. You get Thibodeau on the other side. That looks more like the San Francisco defenses that were very successful under Salah's lead. So I would lean Thibodeau over Gardner at this point, which then begs the question, Gil, if Gardner doesn't go four, where does Gardner go? Mm-hmm. That Again, this whole draft, they really, they, like, like Drew said earlier in the week, you figure out what the Jets do, which, again, I've been trying to figure out what the Jets have attempted to do for years and years and years, <laughs> uh, and uh, have not been overly successful with that, obviously, but we'll, we'll see what they do. Uh, I, I would I would expect defense at four, though, Gil, and then offense at 10 from New York. I'm trying to figure out, because Stations had team, you know, teams matched with positions. By the way, DraftKings has this. Other parts of the country have this in other books. So exact position of first drafted player by Jets. Oh, defensive line is now the short shot. Plus 150. I thought we were going to get some kind of nice price there. Plus 150 on defensive linemen. Hmm. Whereas cornerback is now not even... Cornerback is fourth. They got defensive linemen plus 150. Offensive linemen 2-1. to one, Wide out plus 275. Corner plus 325. So if you're, to, if you're to go by that market anyway, it won't be a mod gardener. But maybe there's some value there if you think it, it will. It's interesting with all these. And again, we still have a few books in town that don't have these up and are not going to put them up till Monday. And remember, by Nevada State regulation, they got to be down 24 hours before the draft itself. So if you are coming into town, once again, our friendly reminder, our friendly PSA, if you are coming into town within 24 hours of the NFL draft and expect to bet on this on, at, at Vegas Sportsbooks, you cannot by regulation. I don't want you to be disappointed, but you cannot. You still have zero, Jeff? Are you going to have any before this? Oh, I, I mean, I'll I'll have something. I just don't know what at this point. I have nothing still. Still nothing. Yeah. Hard draft to figure, Gil. Did, did we have the exact position of number two also? I want to say that earlier in this week when we were riffing through, remember there was one segment we were riffing through all of them? I want to say that Thibodeau was like 6-1 to one for the number two pick, and now he's like in minus money over the course of three or four days to go to Detroit at number two. And that again comes back with if Jaguars pick Aiden Hutchinson or not, maybe they do go. Kayvon Thibodeau. And the Malik Willis thing going at two? Like, are we buying into that anymore? This is this is going to be awesome. Cannot wait. We'll talk to Chris Velika about it a little later, uh, a little more on the draft. 
Paul Carr is coming back. Our Premier League picks next. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Discover BetMGM, the king of sports books. Sign up today and win $200 if you place a $10 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three pointer, regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VSIN200 when you place your first bet to take advantage of the offer. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever with BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada Skill Alexander and this ladies and gentlemen is a man who is on a soccer tear what is it eight weeks in a row now I believe uh, with a winning record it's Paul Carr everybody from uh, True Media Networks and of course the Expected Value Podcast how you doing Paul? Yeah, eight straight winning weeks in England take it and run very happy things are going well eight straight in England. That includes our midweek Premier League picks this past week, right? A couple days yep. ago. Yeah, two out of three there. Only needed a 92nd minute goal this time, so we're making progress <laughs> you, from last weekend. You are living right. <laughs> two 95th minute goals followed by a 92nd minute goal. I don't want to ever hear you complaining about anything. In a, in I, I won't complain, yes. at least not until next week. Not until next week. Uh, let's go for nine in a row. But before we do that, let's talk about some more macro things. One, yeah. as we look at the uh, Premier League standings, I believe you and I talked about, all right, what about Liverpool mm-hmm. maybe to, to win this? Um, they've actually gone, well, no, you're right. They've gone, they've, they've ticked down a little bit. They've gone from yeah. plus 200 to plus 170. Still a bet, you think? I mean, if there's a bet, that's it. You know, uh, Liverpool also, they're down a point. They have the advantage of goal difference. Uh, they do have the toughest game left. They play Tottenham. Uh, City has an easier schedule. They're up by a point. That's why they're on minus 220 or so. So, yeah, if if there's a bet, it's Liverpool because that number is just going to keep on creeping, you know, until we get down near the end. Plus 170 now. I mean, it's the right price. So, yeah, if, if you want something to watch over the last several weeks of the season, that's it. Six. Uh, games left in the Premier League season down a point to Man City. And as you pointed out, Liverpool's schedule much more favorable down the stretch. You make that uh, case? Not, I'd say City, Liverpool has the toughest game against Tottenham. Other than that, it's kind of a wash. So City has a slightly okay. easier schedule. Um, but yeah. All right. That, yeah. Slightly. City has a couple tough games. They've got Wolverhampton at West Ham. Those are their two toughest ones. So, but top to bottom, I think Liverpool's a little bit easier. A little bit easier. But if there is a bet, plus 170 might be your last opportunity to get in on that. Okay, how about the top four race, which essentially is for the Champions League? Uh, Tottenham with a, is a slight favorite over Arsenal right now. Tottenham in fourth position uh, at 57, but Arsenal has 57 points as well, both with six games left. Yeah, and what this we hope is building toward the third to last game of the season, Arsenal at Tottenham, which could be a doozy. It's a big rivalry normally and could be nuts here. Uh, it's This is a coin flip. I, I lean toward Arsenal. There's not a lot of value. I have an Arsenal future from a couple months ago at plus 150, so I haven't played anything here. Uh, but I, I think Arsenal's a little bit better. So that's the play if there is one here for me. All right, and then as always, the Premier League, and we don't know this in this country. We don't have this, I should say. We do know it, but they've got relegation, and relegation comes down to who finishes in the bottom three, and right now you have uh, at 17th and 18th, so basically fourth to last and third to last. That's where the drama is. Everton's at 29 points with seven games left. Burnley's at 28 points with six games left. So Everton in the quote-unquote driver's seat to remain non-relegated. 
uh, but they're down to plus 140 to be relegated. Yep. And they've been in the top league since the 1950s. Never, never one break in that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And the reason you see that they're like plus 140 to be relegated, the reason is look at Everton's schedule. They play Liverpool this weekend. We'll talk about that. Ooh. Then they have Chelsea. Then they have to go to Leicester, who's, you know, okay. Right. Uh, they go to Watford. Fine. They're home to Brentford, who plays well, home to Palace, who plays well, and they finish at Arsenal. Ooh. So you've got. Of seven games left, three of those are against the top four or five teams in the league. Uh, so the doors that open there for Burnley only has one really tough game left. I mean, they're all tough when you're relegation threatened, but only one top team that they're playing. So, yeah, Everton uh, is hanging on for dear life. I know several Everton fans who are just you know watching the rest of the season with their face in their hands. So I don't know if you were able to catch this, Paul, but did you catch the interview with Preston Johnson? Was that this week? I think it was earlier this week. Uh, Crawley Town, right? Crawley yeah. Town, yeah. So he did hear that. So, yes, yeah, so he's the director and, and co-founder of, of WAGME United. Um, he's the director of the Crawley Town team, and he's going to, for again, he and his, his partner are going to be the, the guys running the show, not only owners, but the guys running the show for two years, and then he's going to put it to a fan vote, a, a vote of supporters, whether or not they want to continue, whether they want to have Preston and his partner, Evan, uh, continue in that role. Uh, they'll still own the club either way, but that that's an interesting way to do it and just give us a sense of what it like what are the what are the mathematical odds of a team in league 2 Crawley Town working their way up to the Premier League it's tough i mean so Brentford is the best recent case that did it i'll get my numbers wrong but they were in league 2 i want to say like 12 10 or 12 years ago mm-hmm. uh, they got bought by a guy who was very analytically minded so in this similar vein uh as Preston and his team, and they used, I mean, they almost went straight by the numbers from a management standpoint, you know, really emphasizing set pieces and things like that. And they made it to the Premier League after several cracks in the playoffs from the second division. So there's a shot. It's obviously not easy. I mean, I think that the hardest hurdle, I think, is getting over from that second division to the top. You know, yeah. it's not that moving from the fourth to second is easy necessarily, but it's just the gap is smaller. And once you get in that second division where you've got 24 teams, you're playing 46 games. Uh, and, if, and if you don't finish top two, you're going to playoffs just to get promoted. Uh, that's the big one. So yeah, uh, it'll be fun to watch. To I'm see what so they can rooting do. for him, man. It couldn't happen to a yeah. better guy. I'm so rooting for him. All right. Without further ado, your Premier League picks going for nine winning sort of clusters in England in a row. What do you got? Yeah. All right. We're starting early tomorrow morning. I think this is the first game out of the shoot. I'm taking Arsenal to win at home against Manchester United. I'm going to keep fading Manchester United, especially against the better teams. Uh, I already cashed my season under bet on United's point total, which was fun. Uh, nice. They're just not that good. I mean, I know it's Manchester United. I know, you know, they're kind of the Cowboys sort of, of the Premier League in the sense that uh, the brand is a little bit better than the team right now. And we've talked about Arsenal being in the race for fourth. They just won at Chelsea. And even though Arsenal had lost four or five before that, their underlying numbers were still looking pretty good. So I don't think... That Chelsea result is, I mean, it's a bit of a fluke because you won 4-2 at Chelsea, but their form has been okay. Um, you saw what Liverpool did to Manchester United midweek. They just counterattacked them, lightning counterattacked them to death. Arsenal can kind of do that, not as well as Liverpool, of course, but be kind of a light version. So I see a pretty similar sort of game. United's not going to have Paul Pogba. I like Arsenal win. I played it at plus 110. I play it down 
even money, maybe a little bit worse even. My favorite text from you, Paul, are the ones where you go, you know, Gil, I'm going to do something crazy with these games. I'm going to take the team that is just better than the other team. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's the theme this week. Have the hot take. I love the good teams. The Paul Carr handicapping. I'm going to make this really complicated. I'm just going to take the better team. All right, Arsenal, plus 110 versus Man U. Then you are, ooh, you're a lay in the wood with Man City yeah. here. But yeah, I, I played City lane two and a half against Watford at minus 115 on Saturday. I don't usually like lane two and a half. I mean, it's kind of like in the NFL, if you're laying anything over like two touchdowns, you know, you just don't feel great about it because there's mm-hmm. going to be some, you know, backdoor touchdown against the third string or something like that. But this is the place to do it. I mean, Manchester City, they're great. They're at home. Watford is going to be relegated, not this weekend, but they're pretty much doomed. And as we talked about, goal difference is the first tiebreaker for the title and City's trailing Liverpool on that front. So if I'm City, you know, you're looking to hang a lot of goals here and make up some of that goal difference, ideally. Uh, we know their defense is good. They have 10 shutouts and 16 home games. Uh, Watford's been shut out in nine of 16 away games. So Watford, you know, maybe sneaks a goal here. Uh, they just don't get a lot of shots in the road games. And here's what City has done against the bottom five teams at home this season. They won 5-0 versus Norwich. Only 2-0 versus Burnley. Could have been a little bit worse, but only 2-0. 3-0 versus Everton, 7-0 versus Leeds. So, I mean, this is just a what's going to happen here. And it, it just feels like a city blowout. And if Watford can stay within two goals, good for them. I'll tip my cap. All right. And then back to our discussion about Liverpool, plus 170 to win it all. You like him, giving a goal and a half here against Everton. I do. liked him uh, to take Manchester United midweek, and I like him laying the goal and half here. I played it at minus 160. Uh, the odds are getting a little bit worse, so you know you could look at playing like minus two if you have that option around even money, or if you're feeling bolder, maybe minus two and a half around plus 150. Uh, Liverpool's won seven of its last eight home games by two-plus goals, uh, 11 of 16 on the whole this season. Everton just doesn't have a lot of the ball under Lampard, only 42%. Liverpool has 65% of possession at home this season, and Everton's gotten torched by the other top five teams they played under Frank Lampard. They might not have one of the better scorers, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. It's just this is going to be a Liverpool role. I think it'll look a lot like the Manchester United game midweek, maybe even more so. So I'll lay the goal and a half, uh, minus 160. Uh, Don't mind a couple other ways to play it if you're willing to lay two or two and a half. All right, go for nine straight clusters of picks in England. Arsenal, plus 110 versus Man U. Man City, given the to given two goals and a half versus Watford, minus two and a half goals versus Watford, and Liverpool given a goal and a half versus Everton. You're a Dolphins fan. You don't have a first round pick, but I'm <laughs> guessing with Tyreek Hill, you're you're just fine and dandy with it all. Yeah, I keep looking at mock drafts to see who they have the Dolphins taking, and then I remember it doesn't matter. <laughs> Got all the offensive weapons. One of eight teams, a quarter of the league, don't have a uh, first round pick. Dolphins being one of them, but quite the offseason they've had already. Thank you, Paul.